Hi, it's Karen here. I'm the founder and owner of Bed and Breakfast Academy. I help aspiring and existing B&B owners create a B&B lifestyle that you're going to love living. Now, I'm really hoping that Safi the dog doesn't disturb this week's podcast with any more chewing noises after a rather close shave with my Amex card last time. I did catch her walking off with my Apple Pencil yesterday. Luckily, I had some nice roast chicken to offer in return for it being dropped so that I could retrieve it safely. If you've got a resource guarding dog, you know what I'm talking about. I've already lost one Apple Pencil thanks to her chewing the end. Note that Apple Pencils don't work even if it's only the end, not even the nib that's been chewed. I've had some close shaves thanks to dog theft at the B&B over, over the years I was running my bed and breakfast. Guests would often ask to say hello to the dogs after they'd finished breakfast. And on more than one occasion, I took Murphy in and he nonchalantly got up on the table and stole muffins, croissants and any remaining breakfast that the guests hadn't managed to eat. And little Mitzi was no better. She had a bit of an underwear thing and would steal items out of the laundry basket, which she would then leave in obvious places around the B&B, all ready for the guests to find. I used to have to get up in the morning and make sure I was up before the guests and go and do a scan to make sure there was nothing embarrassing left outside their bedroom door. So back to this week's episode after a slight dog-themed diversion. By the way, I do have a blog post which is all about how to run a B&B when you own a dog, um, when you own naughty but nice dogs as it happens. I've just looked at the analytics for the podcast and very exciting news. It's just hit over 2000 downloads. So big thank you for everyone who is listening in. And I'm also reaching another milestone next week as it's two years since I launched the online course. And by complete coincidence, of course, we all know there's no such thing as coincidences. I was sent a lovely message yesterday by the very first person to sign up for the course, and that was Linda Reed. Linda runs a a B&B in Hay on Wye, Maple House. If you wanted to go and check it out, it's a wonderful place to stay if you are wanting to stay at Hay, which is a beautiful town. It's very well known for the Hay Festival in May, which is, um, you know, the book-themed festival. It's a book-themed town, but it's also got a Hay Castle and uh, the River Wye runs runs through it, or just, just north of it. And we went canoeing there once, and that was... Uh, Really uh, a very wonderful day. You, you you take the canoe down river and then they come and pick you up. So I, I would recommend, I recommend Hay. So, so Linda's B&B is Maple House and her website is maplehousehay.co.uk. So I'm just going to share with you what Linda said because it made me very happy. So it says, hi Karen, I hope you are well. I just want to touch base and say thank you for your course passing on your wisdom and for your encouragement and support. Well, thank you. After a weird couple of years, I feel I am now confident in what I'm doing and offering to my guests. The reviews are encouraging and the guests are complimentary about the rooms and all the little detailed touches. I am happy I stuck to the continental breakfast in a basket idea and it's working really well. No one has complained about the lack of hot breakfast or a dining room, which is great. 
I have been attracting the type of guests I thought I would in my guest avatars, an exercise you do as part of the course, which has been encouraging. So thanks once again for giving me the confidence to go ahead with my plans. It's been a great start to my hosting business. I have to admit, I wasn't having the best of days yesterday, so I it popped, this message popped into my inbox just at the right time. So thank you very much, Linda. As Linda mentioned, one of the most important things to do before you set up or buy a B&B is to get crystal clear on the type of guests you want to attract. And I believe the research section, which is what module two uh, is all about in the online course, is really one of the most important sections. It's all about getting clear on your goals. So we cover why do you want to run a B&B? Why it's important to know your why. Too many whys there, Karen. What sort of B&B do you dream of having? What sort of B&B owner do you want to be? There are lots of different B&B owners out there and there's no one right way to be as a B&B owner. I did some judging for Visit Cheshire a few years ago. Uh, I was judging their B&B of the year. And I visited four B&B owners and they're all very different in their approach. A couple of them were sort of, you know, very warm and friendly, welcoming me with cake and chatting, uh, whilst uh, uh, another couple were, were were much more formal. But that formality matched with the type of B&B they were running. So, and, you know, guests want different things from B&B owners. Some, some guests want to chat and some guests want to be be left alone so the 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 type of b&b owner you want to be is really important to get that clear in your mind as well and who is your ideal customer which i'm coming on to a minute and also the things you need to think about about you know what are your must-haves in a b&b and where will you compromise it's going to be virtually impossible to get you know the the perfect b&b for that you in a B&B that has everything that you want. So you've got to be clear on your must-haves and your compromises. What will your unique selling point be? You know, there are a lot of B&Bs out there. There are a lot of Airbnbs. How do you make sure that you um, stand out from the crowd? And what services will you offer? It's really all about understanding what you want from a B&B in life B&B life and then setting up or buying the right B&B for you and doing that work up front is absolutely crucial because it means that you are going to improve your chances of having um, a B&B that you love running and buying or setting up a B&B is not a cheap business so you do need to do your research very thoroughly to ensure you're not about to make a very expensive mistake And if you're having to borrow money to acquire your business, you will have to prove to the lender that it's going to be a viable business and that you can keep up on the loan repayments. So let's just um, double back to what Linda said about how she got very clear on her customer avatar and how that was really an important part of her setting up the business. So knowing who your customer is, is key to running a successful business any business, actually, not just B&Bs, but any business. Every, every business course will say, who is your customer and what is it that they want from what you're offering? Once you know who your customer is, you can create and run a B&B experience that matches their requirements, their expectations and their dreams. 
You'll have B&B guests who love your business. They'll write you great reviews, recommend you to their friends and keep coming back. Some business owners only start thinking about who their ideal customer is after they've created their business and when they're getting to the marketing stage. And really, this is a bit too late. It's No, no it's never too late, but I would really recommend you do this before you even buy your B&B, before you think about setting up your B&B. The type of guests you will be welcoming has direct impact on the type of B&B you run. And the type of B&B you run has a direct impact on the type of guests you welcome. And many B&B owners think that by appealing to everyone, they'll maximise their chances of getting more guests. That is such a common mistake, but that's just not true. So by appealing to dog owners, you may, well, you will, we may put off, you will put off people who don't like dogs, but you may also put off non-dog owners, even if they like dogs. By being family friendly, you may put off the older couples who want a child-free break. So when we were younger, when Jess was younger, we would actively look for places that were child-friendly, that had activities that were safe for her. Um, And I'm about to be a grandmother in November, so if we're going away on holiday with her, we'll be going down that route again. But if Rob and I are going on our way, we actually avoid anywhere that markets itself as as child friendly Um, by selling yourself as a romantic break hotel uh, you may put off the single business person who's there for a work conference Um, by setting up a cheaper b&b you may be putting off people who uh, would never pay less than 100 pounds a night by setting up an expensive b&b you're putting off people who would never pay more than 60 pounds for a b&b so it's impossible to set up a B&B that is going to appeal to everyone in the world. And by focusing on specific markets, it becomes much easier to create a B&B that will exceed your market's expectations. And it becomes much easier to reach out and market to them. If you know what your ideal B&B guest is looking for in a B&B, is looking for in the whole stay, the whole experience, Uh, then it becomes much easier to know what to put on Instagram, what to put on Facebook, what to write in your blog and, you know, how to position your website. So you do need to know the sort of guests that you want at your B&B before you set it up uh, or buy it to make sure you create a B&B that meets the needs of your target guest. For example, business guests will most likely want an early breakfast a desk to work at possibly, good Wi-Fi and a phone signal. They need their B&B to be close to where they're working, uh, somewhere close to eat in the evening or food served at the B&B. And most likely they want flexible cancellation policies. Dog owners will need a room that's um, easy to clean, wooden floors are good, uh, an enclosed garden to exercise their dog. Uh, they may need a fridge to store food or, you know, if they raw feed their dogs, access to a freezer to store raw food. There are an increasing number of people. Uh, we are uh, some of them, or two of them, who raw feed their dogs. And going away on holiday can be problematic because we order our raw food in and it's it's not something you just necessarily go to the shops and buy. So... Having uh, we used to supply a freezer for people who raw fed their dogs, so they so they could bring their dog food and know that they've got it during their stay. 
Dog owners will also need um, close proximity to walks and places to eat and places to visit that will be dog friendly. Families with young children will need one that is safe for youngsters. You know, think chests of drawers that won't fall over if a toddler climbs up them. No hanging cords on blinds, stair gates, covers over electric sockets, uh, fridges to store baby food, microwave to warm up food, cots, high chairs, etc. Flexible breakfast times. Um, I, I didn't take children at my B&B in the later years but once when I, I was taking them I used to find that people with younger children tended to want breakfast much earlier than the 8.30 because um, the children have been up running around since 5.30. So those are all things to think about um, if you're accepting families. Obviously there's, there's lots more that's just a brief overview. So much of the research I go on to talk about uh, in the course is about finding out what sort of guests are visiting the area you want to run the B&B in and what they do whilst they're there. You know, it's important to know what type of guests come to an area, but it's, it's also important to know what type of guests you want to welcome at your B&B. So it's getting that balance. You may just want to run a B&B and get as much money as possible and not care who's staying with you. And that's absolutely fine. But in my experience, most people who want to run a B&B want to welcome guests that they're going to enjoy meeting and hosting. And, and don't feel that you have to cater to a certain person just because the area you want to set, a, set up in uh, attracts a certain market. Um, going back to Linda, for example, you know, Linda uh, in Hayes is not a doggy person uh, and she wouldn't want to run a dog-friendly B&B, but, you know, Lots of people come away in this area where they're dogs, but there's also going to be people who want to go and stay in Hay and Y who don't like dogs, who don't want to stay in a B&B that's got dogs. So, you know, um, don't feel you have to cater to a market just because everybody else is. Now, I just wanted to be clear here. Um, this isn't about discriminating against um, anyone at all. In fact, the uh, Equality Act of 2010 says that uh, it is unlawful to discriminate against any customer or employee for ma that uh, matter on the basis of nine protected characteristics and that is disability, gender reassignment, pregnancy and maternity, marriage and civil partnership, race which includes ethnic or national oranges, origins, colours and nationality, religion or belief sex, sexual orientation and age. And by the way, that applies to those age 18 or over. So you uh, can say no children at your B&B, but you can't say no one under 25, for example. So this isn't about discriminating against uh, any any people at all. This is about creating a B&B that's uh, perfect for your ideal B&B guest that meets their needs exactly. Uh, but it isn't about saying uh, to a certain uh, person, you, you can't come and stay with us. It's, uh, it's, it's a bit different to that. So, um, and another thing that's worth mentioning also is, is disability. Again, under the Equality Act, you are required to make reasonable adjustment uh, for people who have disabilities. People can get a bit uh, worried about this. Um, but it's something you do need to think about. But when we talk about reasonable, we're talking, we look at the type of building you have and also your budget. 
So if you are setting up a two bedroom B&B on a tight budget and all your bedrooms upstairs, it wouldn't necessarily be reasonable to put in a stair lift. Uh, but if you were setting up a much bigger B&B and you were doing a whole uh, load of work to remodel it, then you really do need to consider what you can reasonably do within your budget. And remember, you know, 10% of the population have um, a disability and that could be uh, a mobility disability, a hearing disability, a visual disability. And there are a whole range of mobility disabilities uh, for example, someone may be able to get up the stairs, but they need a grab rail or or they may be able to get up the stairs, but they can't get into a bath, but they can get into a walk-in shower. So just remember that, you know, there are so many different degrees of disability. So for me, I ran the B&B on my own. Uh, it was in our own home, so I wanted people coming here who were really going to love and get what I did. So my ideal customers were people who were warm and friendly, good sense of humour, not over-the-top chatty, but, you know, obviously I did chat to guests if they wanted to. Um, they loved dogs and wildlife. They appreciated good food. Um, they probably were used to spending a bit more money on accommodation they didn't want their breakfast too early, don't like getting up early, never have, never do, never will. Um, and they left their rooms mostly tidy, most of them. Uh, spent most of the day out exploring and became repeat guests to return a few times a year and stayed for about three nights. And for the most part, majority of my guests fell into that category. And I welcome some people who who... who didn't fall into that description and they were lovely as well but generally most of my guests fell into that category I would say 85% probably uh, and they became repeat guests and and by the time I closed my B&B uh, 2021 70% of my guests were repeat guests and that's because I'd created something that those people loved that's all great but one of the things you do need to consider is that is your location and the type of B&B you buy or set up will go a long way in determining the type of guests that stay with you. So if all your rooms are very small and already done out with cream carpets, you may need to think twice about accepting three Newfoundland dogs, for example. Um, our room, our downstairs barn room, was perfect for Newfoundland dogs. Um, We'd had quite a few large dogs staying there. We had three boys, I can't pronounce it, three Borzoi stay once. Um, we had a couple of St. Bernard's. We once had guests turn up with six dogs, uh, one Rottweiler and five Springer Spaniels. Uh, a lot of guests question when I said I didn't have a limit on the number of the dogs, but I used to find that people who were traveling with multiple dogs, the dogs tended to be very well behaved and to be honest with you, cleaning a room after five dogs needs just as much cleaning after cleaning a room that's had one dog in it. So, um, yes, yeah, so your location type of B&Bs is going to determine the type of guests staying with you. So you need to think about that as well. Um, something to consider, actually, if you haven't decided where you want to set your B&B up yet. So in the course, we dig into all of this much more with uh, lots of exercises to do so you get absolutely clear uh, on all those things. So, you know, the type of guests you want to attract, as well as things like the type of B&B &B you want to run, the type of B&B &B owner you want to be.
All this work is important up front because it will significantly improve your chances of owning a B&B that you love running and that your guests are going to love. And it's also a crucial part of your business plan as well. It's, you know, it shows to someone if you are looking to borrow money that you can, uh, that you understand your market and you're going to be successful. So if you're ready to find out who your ideal B&B guest, as well as all the other research that needs to go in before setting up or buying a B&B, then please do go ahead and check out bnbacademy.co.uk and the online training. A lot of people say to me, when's the right time to take the course? Um, and I don't think it's ever too early to take the course. Um, I would say that, wouldn't I? But I, I, I would much rather people took the course and got all of this information clear in their head before they went about buying and setting up the B&B. But even if you're at the point of setting up in B&B, it's certainly not too late to take it. There's still loads of valuable information in there for you. Um, I also have a free download which is uh, called Is Running a Bed and Breakfast the Right Business for You? So if you wanted to download, download that, head over to bnbacademy.co.uk forward slash five steps. Uh, that's the word five, five steps. Okay, thank you for listening. And I look forward to speaking with you on another episode very soon. Bye for now. <laughs>